Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super superfood on the planet, breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins actually found in breast milk. We're the first and only US-made formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We even conducted the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in a quarter century with clinically proven benefits like easier digestion, less spit up and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. And we make our own formula in the USA and our very own factories in Iowa, Oregon and Pennsylvania. Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values, Around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Gigi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and tonight's episode is on Sexplorations Part 2. Join us for our continuing discussion of sexplorations. I want to kind of step back a minute. Sure. We talked a little bit about dressing up, cross-dressing, mm-hmm. and one of the things that a lot of people didn't understand when I cross-dressed was I was not exactly cross-dressing. I was dressing as a hermaphrodite. 
<laughs> so I had all the wrong pokey parts. Jay used to love, my partner Jay, she used to love to walk about five feet behind me and watch people's reactions <laughs> after they were out of my line of sight. <laughs> Turning around what and pointing. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. oh no. What, what is that thing? What just but I love that you can have that kind of impact on people. That's beautiful. Oh yeah. And you know, I had some of the biggest queens and drag queens and mantras I keep saying, No, you've gotta wear falsies. I say, No, I don't. Mm-hmm. And you've gotta tuck your dick. No, I don't. Because mine has always been very fluid, and I played along the lines of androgyny. Uh, I got it from both sides. Like, the people who I would show up to things that knew drag would think that I was half-assing. And the people who were, like, straight and normal thought that I was, you know, just way... uh, That I was trying to be something I wasn't, you know? They, They didn't quite understand the context of it. That it's more about... In the context of a drag show, it is a totally different thing than choosing to wear clothing that is traditionally of the opposite gender spectrum, especially if you're not necessarily going for binary female, binary male. If yeah. you're playing with those gender dynamics and the the androgyny and hermaphroditism, if you're going for intersex things that don't fall on those lines, oh man, people either reject it or they love it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's been my experience. I mean... It's been so crazy. And I did it at the time when intersex wasn't even known. Yeah. I mean, people were like really startled by the way I presented as this kind of very weird something in between. <laughs> I've always considered that very brave that, that like historically people have stood out and that they like even when the social stigma was not even close to what it is today. You know, like today, like, uh, okay, I was thinking about how earlier Paul got out of the car and like five years ago in that neighborhood, I would have told him not. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But now, someone walking up the street would have seen Paul and be like, check that guy out. That guy's fucking cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I do see the world changing and I want to see it change even more because what we've been discovering is that sex is so beautiful and it takes us to so many amazing places and we deserve pleasure and we deserve to be fully human fully alive experience all of it without any like roadblocks you know (laughs) yeah i'd like to kind of touch a little bit on what are some of the things you've done that in your life that have really stood out to you as a beacon to others Hmm. i know i'm throwing a I like to do that sometimes on this show. <laughs> Threw me a boomerang. So one to make you think a little. Right. <laughs> so I've been known for helping couples be sexually explorative. Yeah. That is. That's of, awesome. <laughs> yeah. One of my main modus operandi is one of the reasons why I was a sub is that I like helping. That is just a fact of who I am. I like helping people. That's just what I boil down to. So when a friend, of, a pair of friends of mine who are a couple get into some situation that they think something sexual can help. They always know that I'm an 
person to go to and talk to and that I'm a safe space for them, that I won't judge them or, you know, mm-hmm. they can they can tell me anything. I'll be like, cool, can I watch? You know, like, <laughs> and most of the time they let me, but that's no, different. Um, So there was this couple that I was living with at one point or another. Welcome back, Paul. There, there was this couple I was living with and they wanted to explore um, BDSM. The, the male in the group was not bisexual, but he was comfortable with me in a sexual kind of way. Uh, one of our earliest experiences bonding as friends, he came out of the shower with a towel on after work. And me being the sexually explorative person I was, he was like, can I get your honest opinion on my dick? And I was like, yeah, That's sure. Cool. Like, Go ahead. Drop your pants. Let me see. <laughs> and he showed me what he was working with. And I gave him a real deal opinion. Like, I was like, all right, you want me to give it to you square? Or do you want me to embellish a little bit? <laughs> but so... Him and I were uh, he, uh, very sexually open. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people become friends with me is because I was open and sexy. <laughs> His girlfriend and I uh, uh, were borderline flirtatious, but she was always open and talkative to me. They were both curious about things involving sex. She was curious about BDSM. Uh, they were both furries, so they had that dynamic going. Oh, on. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I found the only furries where I lived. I, I don't know how I did it, but I found the only ones. So it was 35 miles long. I, I can't imagine how you fit like 10 of them. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm sorry. I'll tell you a story in a minute, but okay. continue. So, um, <laughs> but they had, uh, before this experience, I'm trying to lead up to, sorry, there's a lot of preamble. Um, before this experience that I, I want to get to, they had a bit of a thing for exhibitionism. And I have a thing for voyeurism, so uh-huh. <laughs> uh, every now and then I would watch them fuck, or like while they'd be going to bed and they would ha- put something on, they would fuck next to me because they wanted me to watch them fuck, and I'd masturbate in a bed next to them. Like, I had my own cot. Most of the times when I go places, I have a place where I can sleep. That's just a, an arrangement I have with friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would have me over, and I would watch them fuck. And then one day, the girl and I had been hanging out before he got home from work. And our favorite thing was to take either hentai or just porn and make drinking games out of them and get yeah. shit-faced by the time he got home. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so that he could join us and then he could get shit-faced and watch porn and play the same drinking game because it was a wonderful way for him to come home. Like, hey, my oh, best yeah. friend and my girlfriend are sitting <laughs> on my bed drinking wine watching porn. This is great. You know, <laughs> Maybe you can watch us fuck later. <laughs> well, uh, one day they come to me after we've done all of these things together and... They explain that they want to get into bondage and they want to get into sensation play and they want to get into. (laughs) And it's all coming from the boyfriend side. The girlfriend hasn't mentioned any of this to me, but we've talked about it a whole bunch and I know what she's into. And I talked to it with him and he was not comfortable with any of the ideas of sharing his girlfriend with another guy for the evening and. Ooh, the things we were going to do, and they were all too sexual, and it felt Aww. like she was cheating on him and stuff. <laughs> I eventually con- convinced him and got his consent to see that he was willing to explore to some degree. And she was willing to explore as far as fuck as she could go. <laughs> <laughs> so they had this beautiful little window uh, above their door that was about a foot of just open space. And he normally stored his uh, work equipment up there or some shit. But it made this nice little uh, gallows kind yeah. of area in the doorway. So I mm-hmm. propped the door open. I tied the door to a bookshelf because I have rope. <laughs> I've got a little suitcase that lives with me. And inside of it is rope and a whole bunch of other things <laughs> that relate to rope. <laughs> I, I brought that over with me. Uh, and um, 
we tie her up by the wrist and I do proper mounts and I show her the different kinds of ties and we find the one that she's comfortable with. This was back when I wasn't rusty and knew all of my goddamn knots. <laughs> and um, I sling her up and I get her up. I start showing him the different implements that you can have or that you can use for doing sensation play. Yeah. Uh, and I had a very ragtag bag at the time. So I had weird implements. I had like a pizza cutter. I had like an old fly sweater from the dollar store. I had all kind of, like very make do with oh, what yeah. you got kind of stuff. But I also had like uh, flogs that I had made out of Giovanni's rope. So they ah. were really, really high quality good yeah. rope floggers. I had um, an actual real deal leather dragon's tongue uh, or dragon's tail either or. I don't remember which word's right. They're both. I had a really good one of those, but I also had all these like handmade things yeah so I, uh, uh, I was introducing him to all these little implements one by one by one and it got to a point where she was wanting something more pain and less sensation and uh, i offered all of my like hurting tools and she didn't like any of those uh -huh. and i looked up <laughs> at her wrist and i realized on her forearm was a like spiked leather bracelet uh, with a cool. whole bunch of little spikes on it. It was cute. Yeah. And uh, I pulled that off and uh, I showed it to her like directly in her face. And I said, do you want this? And she said, yes. Like very stern, very direct. That is what I was looking for. Thank you for finding it. <laughs> you know? And I look at the boyfriend and I go, okay, do you want me to show you how to use this on her body? This is improvising with an implement. This is not something you're normally supposed to do until you're experienced. Do you want me to show you how I would do it? He agreed. I showed him how to do it on her, and I came up with all kinds of different solutions. I, like, cupped it under her tit at one point with the spikes facing in. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm almost positive I drug it across her clit at one point. You know, like, yeah. I, I was showing him different options, and he immediately called Red on the scene. He immediately said, no, I'm not cool. Red. And he bolted outside the door. And oh, my. I had to immediately grab uh, his cigarettes, my cigarettes, um, whatever drink he had, mm -hmm. his shirt, uh, his pants, like everything that I could to alleviate that situation. And I actually fucked up. This is one of those situations where I fucked up as a dom. I left the girl hanging and I oh, shouldn't no. have. I shouldn't yeah. have left her hanging. I left her hanging for a good 10 minutes. And I had to do so much aftercare on her afterwards because of that. That was one of my biggest fuck ups as a dom. But I sat him because uh, the reason it happened was because he needed such intensive uh, aftercare from that from calling red and immediately just finding where he drew the line. Yeah. He had never called yellow up to that point. He had never backed down. He was pushing and pushing and pushing and he never once decided, Hey, let me cool off for a minute. Let me make sure I'm okay with this. Mm -hmm. And that's where that communication breakdown kind of happens. Yeah. But after that, uh, they still fucked in front of me. Uh, at one point or another, I masturbated in front of them while they fucked, and they both watched. It was interesting. Oh, cool. Um, eventually, <laughs> they got divorced, and they're no longer together or whatever. Aww. But um, while we were friends, we eventually lived together, and we had our own uh, apartment. But oddly enough, when we moved in, there was a lot less fucking going on, and I don't know why. Like, none of us were getting laid. It was awful. <laughs> but uh, that's one of my more... Uh, uh, but... Um, well, well actually, there can be a very amazing thing that happens when you become intimate and non-sexual. I had a boyfriend once. I call him a boyfriend. We would sleep naked together. We never, ever had sex or wanted to huh. have sex. But it was the intimacy, the that 
holding each and I was a wounded puppy at that point. Oh. I needed that kind of closeness, that intimacy to feel a body next to me, to feel his heart on against me. And it was weird. We'd both get heart ons, but we didn't want sex. We wanted that nurturing. It was. An emotional that, honor. <laughs> it, it was. I mean, it was beautiful though. It was, and we were together for like eight months, just nurturing. And he was kind of a wounded puppy too. And I think a lot of healing occurred during that time that was very beautiful and very intimate. And I always wanted an older brother, and I, I was the oldest in my family. And I wanted someone, and he was a little older than me, and and I wanted someone that, I could just be that intimate and close with, and we became kind of these intimate brothers in a way. And it was very beautiful. So sometimes sex can be, I know in our culture, we often get mixed up with the idea that intimacy and sex are the same thing. They're very different, but they can occur together. When I was uh, about 17 years old, I had a relationship with a 35-year-old woman. And a lot of people didn't quite understand it. But we always talked. It was a very short relationship. We talked about sex and what we would like to do sexually with each other and what we were comfortable with exploring with each other. Yeah. Uh, just as a 17-year-old and a 35-year-old, we understood that there was you know, a lot of communication that had to go on there. Yeah. <laughs> but... A lot of our relationship consisted of her coming over to my house, me lying to my mom and telling her that she was only 25. <laughs> that was more acceptable than a 35-year-old dating your 17-year-old <laughs> for some reason. With my mother, that mattered, I guess. But um, she actually didn't give a shit. She knew the whole time. She told me that later on down the line. She's like, I called bullshit the moment she walked through the door. I knew that chick was 30. And I was like, okay, well, she was 35, but whatever. <laughs> but um, so most of our relationship consisted of her coming over, and she was much taller than me. She was like 6'2", and at yeah. the time I was probably like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, mm -hmm. on a good day. <laughs> and mm. I've always had a thing for taller, older women. It's just yeah. a thing I've had since I was a child. I grew up with fucking strong, dominatrix women my entire life. Of course I have a thing for tall girls. <laughs> but, um... And drag queens in heels that were 10 inches tall. There's a thing there, I'm telling y'all. Uh, but our relationship was mostly platonic. It was mostly cuddling, kissing at most. But uh, if it did get sexual, it was never penetrative. It was always like hand jobs and that kind of stuff or the yeah. pants or whatever, or maybe groping and making out. But it, still sex. It's it, it still, is, it was still beautiful yeah, and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but for the majority of it, it was platonic. It was completely just, we just w enjoyed the physicality of each other's company. She mm -hmm. liked being the big spoon and I liked being the little spoon. Yeah. And occasionally the little spoon would turn around and be horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... But like it was, it was mostly about the connection we had when we got to be intimate and private, and just laying mm -hmm. in each other's company. Yeah. Well, that was something that when I first met you was that j you and mm -hmm. I bonded almost instantly just mm -hmm. because we had a very intimate, close kind yeah. of just. We were forced into it almost. Oh you know? yeah, <laughs> it, especially we were thrown into just this really weird situation <laughs> too, because like. I didn't know that you lived with uh, my dom at the time. I didn't know that you lived with my dom at the time. And I expected her to be there. And then 
I knocked on the door and I was like, hey. And you were like, hey. And I was like, I'm looking for person. And you were like, I have been expecting her and she's gone. I'm like, huh, let's figure this out. <laughs> and then we instantly had a Scooby-Doo yeah. caper at our hands. Yeah. <laughs> We went, like we had to be friends. We had to team up and solve this mystery. Like yeah. the first, like from the moment we met each other. <laughs> yeah, but then, then I was like, "Oh wow, you're really cool," and you were like, "Oh yeah, you're really cool too." Yeah, universe just kind of collided in the right way. Yeah, yeah. isn't that beautiful when that happens? I love it. Oh yeah, and now that so often I've had near misses on that level, and then really great hits. Oh yeah. And I, when I the hits occur, it's like the universe stops for a moment and celebrates mm-hmm. with us. Well, it's, it's like this. I love the moments where it bounces back, where you, you get that little collision. Like, yeah. Um, we all had a nice little collision when I was subbing under Mina. And then I fell out of the scene for a good long while. And now we're coming back in. And now I'm so much more open and deep. And I'm ready to fucking dig in a little bit deeper than I was before. I kind of want to have a presence as opposed to being beneath someone now. But... Mm-hmm. Having that universal collide mm-hmm. again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just, it's so wonderful and nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, like, for me, it's really interesting. I think about the best friends I have in the world right now and, like, how I wound up becoming friends with them and how, oh, yeah. like, how they wound up becoming such important parts of my life. And a lot of times... It feels like the universe conspired to make it happen. and It does. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I think, like, how how many people do I pass on a daily basis? That if I just said hi or, if, you know, if the right things just happened, like... Here's what I've been thinking about that's very uh-huh. along the lines of this. Let me throw this at you. So think about that, but from a fucking perspective. Like, uh-huh. how many people, uh, like, uh, very recently, mm-hmm. I got out of a relationship, and um, all out of the woodwork came all of these people who've been wanting to fuck me over X mm-hmm. amount of years. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because they're people I haven't thought about in, like, a decade mm-hmm. or something. I'm like, wow, and 10 years ago I wanted to have sex with you. And that didn't happen. But now, all of a sudden, the universe just decided <laughs> that we should probably fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I and I'd like to jump in here yeah. and say we went on our own thing. <laughs> no, no, this is great. One of the things, because I I went through a lonely period, and I was really down on myself, and I was so fucking horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny how lonely and horny I mean, fit together so well. And it was like. I was, it it all boiled down to my attitude. Mm -hmm. I had this negative attitude. And then when I turned it around, the universe opened up and it was like the floodgates. It was like I was fucking like a bunny rabbit (laughs) all the time and living everything higher than I expected. But it took that shift in attitude and values. And not being desperate anymore mm-hmm. and what occurred for me was I took myself on a self date and I made love to myself there you go and that just opened the floodgates for me it was like after that I was like oh bunnies couldn't have fucked more than I did at that point 
and I, I, it's it's really interesting because I think you know I've thought about this kind of thing a lot myself, and I feel like so there are these things in your life that you're like you know if this happens and this happens and this happens, then I will be happy. Then I will be okay. Mm-hmm. But that stuff doesn't happen until you're happy and okay. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden it starts happening and you realize those things are byproducts. The, you know, the things that you wanted, the things that you thought that you wanted wasn't the real thing that you wanted. You wanted the inner peace and the happiness and all of that. And when you found it in a different place, all of those things just kind of happen anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Gigi was saying about uh, uh, being able to explore his sexuality on his own, I think that in itself is one of those kind of situations where, yes, you can experience your sexuality and be sexually liberated with other people. And yes, that's something you should totally try and experience and everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, being able to do that kind of thing, having Mm -hmm. the the, the place to explore that about yourself. I I don't think you've heard my story about my self-date, but Mm -hmm. I went all hoots. I did everything I would have done for the most beautiful woman or man. I took myself to a concert. I came home and had a romantic dinner with myself. The nice steak dinner. And then cook it for yourself too. (laughs) Yes. And then I took a nice, luxurious champagne bubble bath. And then I made love to myself for hours. Just slowly awakening that sexual energy and feeling my cock get so hard. and But I wouldn't touch it for hours. <laughs> I just teased it like I would a girl or a boy. <laughs> And then when I finally did it, it was like, oh, I exploded. And I just made this luxurious self-love to myself. And it was such a beautiful experience. And I realized at that moment, I could fulfill some of my own needs. And I gained a power. And I became more confident. All of a sudden, that shone out in the world and people were attracted to it. I think having the freedom to embrace yourself is one of the most important parts about just exploring sexuality in general. You know, if that was, if there was a takeaway from this whole fucking conversation, there it is, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) I I think that's really important that like, it's something that BDSM offers. It's something that, you know, (laughs) homosexual relationships or everything in between, you know, uh, just having the, the channels to experience those things without criticizing yourself or others in any way, shape or form, having that like, (laughs) <laughs> almost like lubricated free just letting it happen just fuck it let's let it go yeah. <laughs> i don't give a shit kind of fucking that's the kind of fucking i prefer that's my sexuality mm-hmm. is the one where you're not concerned about dynamics and genders you're just letting it happen oh, yeah. <laughs> just... and that's such a freeing experience just let yes. those things go just let them go and just fuck just be and do and Enjoy. let your body tell you what you want yeah. and let your body guide you i mean it's amazing the pleasures and the, the heights of ecstasy you can achieve when you just let it go and develop the right attitudes and values and say, 
yes, I'm going to be me and true to my core being. I'm going to be who and what I am. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the things you like. And, and enjoy them out. and screw the convention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow my own path. Ooh, who's the convention? <laughs> <laughs> I could say a few names, but I won't. <laughs> No, I, I just meant you said <laughs> no, screw the I know. <laughs> screw. I know, I know. <laughs> Being the sexually explorative kid that I was, it's weird because like I would constantly encourage things that even if I wasn't into them, I would encourage other people to. You know, like everyone is specific. You mm-hmm. know, there are things people like, there are things that people don't like, and everyone's unique on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, uh, I'm a bisexual dude, and I don't like reciprocating on guys that much. It's not that mm-hmm. fun for me. I'm just not that into it. Mm-hmm. Does that make me any less of a bisexual? No. no. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> and once again, it's these boxes we put ourselves yeah. in. We think, oh, we have to conform to this because we gave it a name. Yeah, and and the see, power of naming can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, it can entrap us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can empower us. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of the opposite of you. Like, you know, I love sucking cock. I <laughs> love it. I, I love it so much. And oh, I do too. I love not only sucking cock, but eating pussy at the same know, time. Oh, oh me, me, I mean, me too. But what I will say eating dude ass is slightly, I'm not going to say more fun, but functional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but like I would definitely to to use a term that is generally used by the gays instead of <laughs> bisexuals. I'm more a bottom than a top for sure. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I can testify to that. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it took me a long time to accept that about myself. You know, it made me question to some degree the validity of my bisexuality like uh like oh i feel like i'm attracted to this person why can't i get it up or any no i just love sucking cock and it's great i you know i now i just and accept where my body so goes good. <laughs> well i think that's an important thing to acknowledge is that like not all sexual reactions are the same in every mm-hmm. context, you know? Um, there are things that you can do sexually that aren't physically arousing, but mm-hmm. are still incredibly sexual. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of getting back to that moment of intimacy. Yeah, that's really what it boils and down to, is like, what's appropriate in the context? Yeah. You know? Like, right then and there, what are you into right then and there? Yeah. So, like, I, I do this thing uh, every now and then where uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of pornography. It's just mm-hmm. a thing I'm cool with. Uh, I, uh, sex work is good work. Mm-hmm. Um, High five. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I have my certain days of what kind of porn works mm-hmm. for me and what kind of doesn't. Yeah. And like some days I'll be like, I don't know what's going on. This just isn't doing for me. And I'll put something else. I'm like, oh, evidently I'm really gay for black men. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I just Paul, thought it was Thursday. <laughs> is it okay if I share about last night? Oh, yeah. Last night, I took Paul on a different journey. Do tell. I purposely kept myself from getting too terribly hard. It was hard to keep it down. (laughs) But I had him give me a blowjob without an erection so that he would know the other side of my cock. Mm 
the flaccid side. And uh, for the most part, I didn't get too terribly hard. No, you did a good job. But uh, a lot of times we think we get caught up in performance, we get caught up in all this bullshit, and sometimes it's good to do little exercises like that, too. But also, I think part of my objective last night was to introduce another side of my cock to Paul. That's beautiful. And and I remember at one point you were kind of like, it's kind of weird, but kind of delicious, too. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> so... I I hope you don't mind if I get into the oh, details. Get into the details, baby. Tonight's okay. exploration. Okay. So, um, part. Uh, okay. So, to give you a little bit of background on my journey with Gigi, we started training together almost two years ago at this point, and. At you know, all along, Gigi has been constantly checking in on me and making sure everything's okay. But Gigi has also helped me to embrace my attraction to men. Part of the reason I had such a hard time embracing my attraction to men was because I was molested by several men throughout my entire life and that is something I have trauma wrapped around and so during our trainings I've struggled with having erections during our our scenes during our play scenes and Gigi's never made me feel bad about it but it's something that I had felt bad about and going through the experience last night with Gigi with an unerect cock, with a soft cock, all of a sudden, like, it gave me, you know, a little bit of a sense of what it has been like with Gigi to kind of build up my confidence. And, you know, now I do get erections with Gigi, but that wasn't always the case. It, for for me, it was a really bonding moment because it m- made me feel like I was kind of on the other side of the experience that I've been on the other side of. And it was extremely powerful. And it's hard to put into words. You know, you kind of have to be in the same situation to understand how powerful it was. It might not sound as powerful out loud as it was, but it was incredibly powerful. It was an incredibly bonding moment, and it made me feel close to Gigi in a way I haven't felt close to Gigi, and I felt close to Gigi, and a lot of oh, ways, yeah. <laughs> in a lot of different ways, but it was a new kind of bonding that was really beautiful. And, you know, too often we get caught up in the performance of sex and think we have to be this or that. And so I like to throw in little exercises like this to really experience. And I think one of my 
amazing fantasies even from youth was to be suckled with the soft on. It was so incredibly good. And I've done that before, and for me, it's a, I mean, fortunately, I've trained myself in tantric and doing many different exercises, and I've gained a level of control where I can do these kind of things, but even last night, it was like I was starting to get a heart on. I kept trying to suppress it, and, and it was like, but it was also feeling so good at a different level. Yeah, and also, like, part of our training and part of our connection is, like, I was also able to notice when you were starting to get hard, and I was able to, you know, go back a step and loosen up and, you oh, know, yeah. not... <laughs> not encourage that too much because I understood that we were doing an exercise where that was not the goal. And it, also that uh, was a growing experience for me too because I remember a different night that, you know, this thing kind of happened, but I felt like I was the problem and I was doing something wrong. And, you know, and and then, like, coming to terms with knowing that I know how to act, knowing that I know what to do despite the reaction to what's happening uh, was th that learning experience. Mm -hmm. And, oh. oh no, I, was, I was just going to say, like, I... I I think that the reason you guys were able to have that kind of uh, intimacy and that uh, ability there, like, uh, fellatio on a hard cock is one thing. Fellatio on a soft cock is a totally different thing and a totally oh, different experience. It is beautiful. <laughs> because you already have that intimate bond and that uh, trust and communication mm -hmm. built, you're able to pick up on those things like you were mm -hmm. saying. You're able oh, to, yeah. If the cock's throbbing too hard, you know, to slow down, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever cues you're picking up on mm -hmm. is based on that trust and communication. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And part of this exercise was to bring more of the intimacy and lose a touch of the sexuality between us mm -hmm. and to let you know another part of me that's a little bit more vulnerable for me. So, and oh. that's a part of really connecting with one another is opening up and becoming vulnerable and becoming able to say, hey, I'm... Even though I did this as an exercise and was really intentionally doing it, there's a certain level where I opened up another part of myself to you. Mm -hmm. And I think the other message I'd like to give is that, especially with so many people getting a little older and on medications that prevent hard-ons, sex can still be a beautiful thing mm -hmm. with a soft-on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's not, no right or wrong fault, uh, or default method for penis and intercourse. It's, it's, yeah, it is what you choose to do with it. <laughs> and it can be so pleasurable so, and amazing. Uh, for me, sex is the only place where I actually get to be fully me in a certain sense. You know, I don't really have to worry about 
how I'm gender presenting or anything along those lines. When I have sex with a woman, I warn them that I fuck like a girl. And then when I have sex with a boy, I warn them that I fuck like an asshole. <laughs> like, like, it's a different situation in each context. But it's because I'm different in those contexts. When I'm... The, the things I do in those situations, the, <laughs> the status of my genitalia or otherwise, like, all of the things I try to explore and experience varies from person to person. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to ask each of you a question. Sure. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone that's not living in a sex-positive lifestyle that's feeling a lot of shame and guilt and that really wants to blossom and flourish as a sexual being, how would they be able to navigate some of the hard spots? Well, the first advice that I would give you is um, what you're feeling right now is okay, no matter what it is. One of the things we talk about on the show and one of the central themes of Gigi's teaching is that fantasies and ideas are okay. No matter what they are, they are okay. There are some fantasies that you can't really act on without overstepping moral bounds but whatever. I've had a few of those, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I found where those borders lie. <laughs> but whatever your fantasies are, they are okay. Uh, and I know, especially growing up in a sex negative culture, whatever flavor of sex negative culture you live in, whether it be the deep south of America and deeply Baptist or Muslim or, you know, non-denominational, non-religious, but still restrictive, uh, it puts a lot of pressure on people. And those pressures and, you know, not having an outlet can lead to some pretty weird places now there are a lot of weird places that as long as you find consenting adults to do it with you can explore those things and those things can be amazing um you just have to find those people the internet is a great resource for finding people who are interested in weird, kinky shit to do weird, kinky shit to. But meet them in a public place first. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Always. 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 And also, don't let anyone tie you up the first time you meet them, even if they seem really, really cool. Yes. Because uh, that can go south real easy <laughs> or but, any type of bondage where you have no control you know, yeah the person who's tying you up good rule of thumb yeah, yeah. um unless it's in a super public place oh, yeah. a play uh, party yeah. <laughs> a, a play party Numbers are <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah where we just came from <laughs> <laughs> 
that's more acceptable. But, you know, don't let someone tie them up tie you up in their personal dungeon if and for those that are have not heard us before numbers is where we go to kinky tuesdays it's a bar in houston and we have people on stage tying people up flogging and it's All kinds of delicious activities. Wonderful place to meet people and come out. If you need to come out somewhere and just be near weird kinky people, guess what? Everybody's welcome. <laughs> and and many large cities have similar things. You just need to look for them. Yeah. <laughs> Fet life is your friend. I was going to say Fet life is a really important asset. That's a great place for kink mm-hmm. communities and stuff. Um, I was going to say FetLife is it FetLife.com? Yes, FetLife.com. I was going to say Facebook actually has a wonderful plethora of just large communities that are based around BDSM, kink culture, uh, and especially gay community is very, very active on, and trans Mm -hmm. community, they're they're all very active Mm -hmm. on Facebook. And so there are those groups and places on social networks where you can talk to other people. And there's Mm -hmm. also other outlets like trans hotline there's the suicide prevention hotline i'm pretty sure they have one that's about uh rape too mm-hmm. um so and can... in houston we have the gay and lesbian switchboard yeah <laughs> like there there are avenues for there are resources you're not alone and there's plenty of people to talk about it with if mm-hmm. the people you're around aren't comfortable with it i guarantee you there's people outside of them that are mm-hmm. and if you are young and you're growing up in a very rural place and you feel very alone once you get older you get to choose where you live yes you can move to one of many many places go to san francisco or wherever <laughs> well san francisco has become more it. computer geeks I bet you there's some gay computer geeks out there. Oh, no, oh, there are. There oh, are. No, no, San Francisco's still super gay. Oh, yeah, there is that, but it's so expensive. Oh, it, it, it's out it, it of is. most people's means. Um, but there are any metropolitan area and that's also, really big city, you're going to find... There's kindred spirit. There's, uh, uh, there's something there for you. I I mean, so we live in Houston, and and and, 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 and well, Texas. It, yeah, it's things. the fourth. It's the fourth largest city in the country, and <laughs> you, you know, no, it's moved up. It's second, I think. No, it's not. No, we're second in population, fourth in size. If you don't count the Greater Houston. Uh, area. Okay. Uh, oh, we're second in population. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's nuts. Anyway, it's a very large city in the U.S., but when people think of Houston, they think about cattle and cowboys. They think about, you know, George rural Bush. The whole fucking place voted for Beto, guys. No. <laughs> yeah. No. But we have a strong underground community uh-huh. yeah. here. It's, it's... Between the arts and... The Burning Man and Pagans and the gay community, counterculture, GLBT. I mean, we have an amazing community. Well, and we've set of communities. We've had a history of the uh, being welcoming to subcultures. We had a gay mayor, you know. Yeah. Um, 
who, who was amazing. Who was incredible. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know if y'all know it, but Houston was one of the first cities to celebrate intersex. Really? Yes. Well, the fuck yeah, City Hall <laughs> lit up their building during an intersex public speech and and Kiki had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yes, it was. I was. I participated, but others put it on. And it was so beautiful to see awareness. That's incredible. And see people start to embrace that. Hey, we are eradicating a whole fucking. We're committing genocide <laughs> on a specific sex. A specific gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has to stop. Yeah. I want my cock and I want my pussy. <laughs> I like being something in between. Sh- and in the ancient days, intersex revered. <laughs> had a place and function. Yeah. So didn't you say at one point that the attorney general had come out and said that the we've got to stop the mutilations mm-hmm. which attorney gen- general was that one i don't remember right off it was a few years ago yeah a couple of years yeah definitely not the one not the one we have right now i mean that'd be a fucking miracle oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean I, when i heard news of that i started crying not tears of sadness, but tears of joy that someone's actually put out a proclamation to the medical community, do no harm to these children. Mm-hmm. Quit fucking with their bodies. We we need to do the same thing with circumcision. Oh, yeah. That too, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I restored my foreskin. <laughs> it took me a year and a half of it. I well, did I- it, and it was so empowering. So I, and I, we do have certain controls over our bodies. But I'll turn it over to. You. I was going to say I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever actually seen my penis. Come to think of it, there were plenty of mm-hmm. contexts where my penis was out, probably near y'all. But I don't know if you've ever actually seen my penis. But I, I, I mean, this is the third time I've seen you. Okay, well there you go. Uh, you, but to be fair, a lot of people see me like my penis on the first time they meet me, or at one point or another. But um. So I have uh, what's called a, a skin bridge, which is a slight uh, skin formality, uh, deformality on my penis from a botched circumcision. Where the yeah. skin oh, improper. S- botched circumcision, brother. Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. also have a botched circumcision. I think yeah. that was one of the weird bonding moments yeah, that we yeah. had. Yeah. <laughs> on our Scooby-Doo adventure, we talked about dicks. <laughs> of course we did. Why didn't we? Uh-huh. Um, no, but yeah. Like, uh, it's another one of those things is when I was young, that made me so uncomfortable around other boys. But it was when I was around girls and they didn't give a shit that I started realizing, oh, it's just a part of my body. It's perfectly natural. It's mm-hmm. okay. This is totally okay. And I should just well, own it. Well, it's not work. exactly perfectly natural. It's well, a botched circumcision. It's something done no, to you. No, but the way my body heals yeah, is perfectly and natural. Yeah, you know? that because I it accept. doesn't look aesthetically pleasing compared to a dick without a skin bridge, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't make it any less good of a dick or mm-hmm. should make me feel any insecurities. Just because some yeah. moil fucked up when I was <laughs> yeah. a wee bubble well, And what, once again. Were you Jewish? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, in America, it's well, many boys. Are... No, I, know. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> but 
One thing I would like to say is that in our country, circumcision has become such a horrific practice and so accepted. It's so unnecessary and, and dangerous. <laughs> and not Doc, only Doc, that, Doctor Kellogg. Yeah, but not only that, it led the way for Doctor John Money to do his botched research and say that it's nature not i mean it's mm -hmm. it's not that we're genetically male or female that we can change someone's sex entirely and that's something i've been fighting so against and it's been proved so wrong mm -hmm. and in my case i'm not male i'm not female I've been fighting this all my life. The doctors created an illusion in my body. And it fucking hurts. I'm sure it does. Well, because I'm not the sex I was born to be. Think about it. You if still you, are, though. Yeah, you, you still are. I am. I am at a level. But think about it. What if females were illegalized? Yeah. Or what if males were? How would you feel if doctors during inf infancy did surgeries to make you another sex that you aren't? That's what's done to intersex babies to this day. Well, that's why things like what happened with you at the, 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 the at City Hall where they lit it up and they had this conversation, they had this talk. That's why things like that are so important is because oh, yeah. even just recognizing that it's a thing is a step in the right direction. Totally. It gives it legitimacy. And, and it gives it validity, and it gives it exposure. And <laughs> people don't recognize how common it is, and it's so, so common. common. <laughs> and even if your genitals, when you are born, look okay, that doesn't mean that you're not intersex. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are intersex and don't know it. Uh, I've I've been curious myself, and if the testing wasn't so expensive, I would test myself, yeah. just because I don't I don't feel one way or the other. I, I and sex is and sex. I mean, by gender, it's so such a spectrum. It's not only male and female. There's a beautiful spectrum all in between. Mm -hmm. And genetically, I, it's there too. It's yeah. genetic, it's so, hormonal, it's many different factors make up our sex. <laughs> and here's the thing we are all basically born female. Mm -hmm. I mean, start out female in the mm -hmm. during pregnancy or in utero. In utero. And I came across something once that kind of showed something very graphic. We all start out as female. And if you look at female as being red and male as being blue, what happens in sexual differentiation is that blue is added to the red. Hmm. Okay. And so we never become totally blue. We always have a certain amount of female in us. I, I mean, you know. And That's a fascinating let me finish. <laughs> we can never become truly blue because there's always a little bit of red present. 
So we're at most very deep red purple. <laughs> but females can be totally red. Female is the primary sex. If something goes wrong, we revert to female. I think that is an interesting way of looking at it uh, because a lot of people don't take that into account, that the only difference between what society has deemed as two genders is a matter of a genetic factor of one fucking chromosome. You know, it's one teeny tiny itty bitty detail of your Well, it's more than that. It's... There's a stage in human development in the embryo where if a certain amount of hormones don't come within a certain window of timing, mm-hmm. things go wonky. Well, and it happens there's to pulse. also oh, sorry. <laughs> there's also what's called uh, I forget uh, names androgen insensitivity syndrome where the cells of the body cannot receive male hormones. Okay. And so these become super feminine, Hmm. even though they're born male. Interesting. And so they have the right chromosomes to be male. They have everything else, but their bodies cannot receive male hormones. Hmm. And so many of these become supermodels because they are super feminine. Interesting. They can't receive enough testosterone to make them, they can't receive any testosterone in their cells. And so they become super feminized. I I didn't mean weird as in like a. a No, it's beautiful. Interesting way. Oh, I mean, personally, from my personal perspective, I've always had a hard time growing a beard. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, let's face it, I am quite feminine. Uh, but uh, uh, I've always been curious if that was just physiological, or like is that just how my body works, or whatever. But it's it's interesting to see that there are and I give these kind of scientific explanations, but there's a deeper explanation. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah. We are all born unique, and there's certain things oh, yeah. science can't explain. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we are who and what we are because. Nature designed us, and the universe has a purpose for all of us and a place for all of us. And, you know, there's also the thing where there have been tribal cultures all around the world that have really embraced, you know, androgynous people and made space for trans people throughout all of society there's the native american uh twin spirit mm-hmm. idea um, Birdash. <laughs> yeah oh there's been many many deities yeah. that are in hindu alone you've got so many different types mm-hmm. <laughs> and many creation and all... myths mm-hmm. describe a deity that is a hermaphrodite mm-hmm. that themselves and gives birth to the universe and the world. Mm-hmm. So basically, it all boils down to the universe can go fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> In a very pleasurable way. <laughs> In like the just like that night you had with yourself, that's the universe on its own, and we're just like little bits of jizz or whatever the fuck, I guess. <laughs> but what a wonderful life of jizz it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we were all born in the heart of dying stars that exploded. <laughs> you are a bunch of ashes and dust, so fuck like rabbits, kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it all boils down to, like, uh, yeah, the exploration but kind of thing. Understanding that, like, having that feeling of a place and presence and being able to share that place and presence with other people, yeah. that's what I think you're for Back to my earlier question, what advice would you give to listeners to live a more sex-positive life, to be liberated sexually? Be honest and be open with yourself and with your friends. Reach out to people that you know are struggling or trying to explore or are curious, and don't be afraid of those kind of things. Don't... Uh, if you are the, the more knowledgeable person, teach and uh, help explain to other people. If you're the person who's in the dark and wants to know more, don't be afraid to ask questions. There are tons of resources and tons of places to turn to. And I guarantee you, no matter what you think you're into that's weird or what you think you need to turn to other people for, there's going to be someone out there who has gone through what you've been through or something so similar and so close that you'll find a bond in that kind of intimacy somewhere in the world. It might not be where you are, but it's somewhere. <laughs> and the key that comes to my mind is that there's nothing abnormal about sex. No. <laughs> the only thing... Okay, so I, I thought about this the other day, right? Okay, so uh, there's the whole adage that homosexuality is found in 99% of species. Homophobia is only found in one. Well, I, I would like to add to that, that because of that factor alone, that makes homophobia unnatural. So and, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if you expand that to other forms of, like, sexual prejudice, yeah, those things are unnatural too. What's, what's unnatural is second-guessing yourself and your own body. And just trust your body. Listen to yourself. That will tell you what you're cool with and what you're not cool with. Don't let other people decide that for you. <laughs> and don't bow down to preconceived ideas and Never. notions. Mm -mm. I mean, you could be the first of your kind. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> oh, oh, if you invent a new kind of sex, you will be a god. Yes. Like, if you do, please uh, mail the show so they can contact me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and me too. Yeah, I'm sure Gigi wants to know, but I am. I, I will fucking hunt you down. <laughs> I mean. Sex is such a beautiful thing. It's something I celebrated sometimes in secret, but most of my life I've been very out and outspoken. And if all you can do is explore in secret, fucking go for it. Have yeah. fun with it. No, don't be afraid. Enjoy. If, if you want to do your stuff in private, do your stuff in private. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And join her membership site yeah, and <laughs> share your experience. Tell us all about it. I want to hear about it. Uh, and you can do it anonymously. That's okay. Because I want to create a safe space for people to really embrace this whole new challenge of living a sex-positive lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and to really explore and discover the freedom of sexual expression without shame and doubt. With complete love and devotion and this whole amazing process of discovery. Mm -hmm. 
So. And one of the things that I would like to add is we realize that there are places in the world where it is much harder to openly express yourself sexually. And that is okay. I but mean, you, you can be killed for that in certain countries. <laughs> yeah. And we understand that that's a situation. I just want to let everyone out there know that whatever you're feeling right now is 100% okay, no matter what it is. The world is starting to change. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, I have been looking at some of the stuff the UN is doing, what WHO, World Health Organization, is doing. There are many organizations internationally in many countries embracing this to create a more sexually liberated world. One of my, my favorite well, phrases, uh, do you know what makes the world go round? What? Revolution. Uh, <laughs> That's what it takes. Sometimes you need everybody on board to get it just okay. I would and say gyration. <laughs> Ooh, those crunchy, yummy parts. I mean, it does have a wobble to it, so it... Oh, it does. <laughs> just, just like the, the, the tilt of our planet. Yeah. Mm. So, I'm definitely tilted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think any of us are straight. <laughs> any closing comments that you would like to... Share with the world. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on this. This was a whole lot of fun. Um, everybody out there in, uh, in podcast land, thank you for listening to these wonderful people. Help support them. They are doing a wonderful job. What they're doing here is damn good, and we need more of it. So if you can help that go any farther, I w uh, you're doing me a favor. <laughs> and if you enjoyed listening to my stupid voice, uh, I think they agreed that I'm going to be back eventually. So, oh yeah, I we're like, gonna have you back. I look forward You're to doing this again. Awesome. This was wonderful fun. <laughs> uh, well, guys out there, I just want to let you know that I love every one single of you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. There is someone out there who loves you, and please remember that. It's an important thing to remember because. I've been in dark parts of my life where it felt like what I did wasn't mattering. What was going on was insurmountable, and it was impossible to navigate. And the only thing that got me out of it was having people reach out and... If you are in the need of it, this is me reaching out to you. There is someone out there who truly cares about you and truly cares about who you are and what you're going through and what you're doing. And, and join our membership site and share your experience. Yeah. And, and then you can find other people who are maybe going through similar things. Maybe they're not going through the thing that you're doing, but they will be able to sympathize with you and 
connect with you. And, and I guarantee you'll find kindred spirits. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to say I love you all. And with that, have those delicious nocturnal emissions. Touch your body. Explore. Get in touch with that amazing ecstasy. Take yourself on a flight to new sexual heights. Feel your body. Let it come alive. This is meant to be. As it was designed by nature. And with that, have a good night. Good night, guys. Bone we. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com.